Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan. This is Amanda. And today is October 22nd, a Monday. And this is Let's Palaver About the Dawning, Drawing of the Three. The Drawing you of the Three. You keep saying the Dawning. I don't what know. What is your obsession with the Dawning? The same thing as the Twilight, Dawn. I mean, they're just these movies. I'm obsessed. I, I, apparently, you know, Not Breaking really. Dawn, just. Yeah. So, the drawing of the three, the very first chapter of book two Ooh. of the Dark Tower series. We have finally made it to book two. Yes, I'm very happy about that. There some fun stuff happens at the beginning. We're going to be going over the argument in chapter one. We're going to get which, to argue? Which, chapter one is called what? The door, I believe? No, chapter, wait, you said one? We're going over the argument, the prologue, and the first chapter. Which is, yeah, the door. The door, I believe. Yes, the door. If I can get to it. First chapter starts on page, like, 13. <laughs> For me, no? 25. Oh, no, yeah. It just says, the prisoner is the section, the yes. door is the first chapter. This is weird. I decided to do this. So, the prologue, okay, yeah. yeah mine starts on 15. Yeah, mine's 25. <laughs> so far into the book, they get to the very first one. So it goes argument, then it goes the prison, or no, it goes the argument, then the prologue, which is called the sailor. The sailor. And then the prisoner, and then the door. There's so much, there's so much. This says, on being 19, which I read at the beginning of the very first book, and then it just has 19. Renewal. And then we go into the argument. I don't remember very much about the argument, <laughs> other than like, a lot of it was the same. I only wrote down two things that were in the argument. I wrote down one, two, three, four, four things. Hmm. And mine's at the bottom, of the, the first thing I have is at the bottom of this page. Oh, mine was first just noting once again that it, some de- that a tale inspired by and to some degree dependent upon Robert Browning's narrative poem, Child roll into the dark tower came, which in, in turn, turn owes his debt to King Lear. I, I don't, don't know, know what King Lear is. I was supposed After to look it up and I didn't. Looking up, child roll into the dark tower came, and I realized it was the longest poem known to man. I thought it was just say, oh, this is a cool little short thing. It was a cool poem that people really liked or something. No, well, no, it could have been like a small book to its well, own. Well, if you think about it, Stephen King had to write a paper. He got this poem as an assignment in a class once. Yeah. I don't think he'd be doing an assignment well, on like a... This poem took like 70 years to write. I don't... It's weird. I have, I've got to look into it more. One day we'll actually maybe read it on this. Maybe. I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> uh, but yeah, mine's at the bottom, which kind of says that Martin and Walter are different people? Well, before that, my first note on it was... Roland's goal is not this half-human creature. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I saw that as well. <laughs> I was like, he's talking about the man in black, and it just says, uh, pretty much just talking about a review of the gun, an overview of what the gunslinger was, what happened in the yes, first book. in the very first book. And he just says that, though the man in black was an important part of the first book, it's not what the Dark Tower is about. The Dark Tower is about... Roland's quest to the Dark Tower, and the Man in Black just happens to be a milestone. Mm-hmm. But the f- fact that they called him a half-human creature was kind of weird. Yeah. But yes, I did notice that, or I did note that too. The fact says, we know that Roland was forced to an early tri- trial of manhood after discovering his mother had become the mistress of Martin, a much greater sorcerer than Walter who, unknown to Roland's father, is Martin's ally. Which doesn't make sense, because I'm pretty sure when Stephen King went back and rewrote the first book, he changed it to Walter and Martin, that being the same person. person. Maybe that didn't get changed in the argument, so that's just kind of inconsistency. The other thing was, um, even in the first book, like when the two of them are mentioned, Roland himself says... He thought they were the same person, if not twins. Yes, but he also reveals himself to be the yeah. same person. So, I'm, so I'm, I think it's just an inconsistency because they didn't change the argument in the second book. So yeah. therefore, it's just interesting. Um, did you have another note? I had one more note. I think somewhere towards the bottom of this page. 
Oh, I have it basically here. It's interesting. The very last chapter of the last book was called Roland, or <laughs> Roland, or the Gunslinger and the Man in Black. Originally, the Gunslinger and, and the, the Dark, Dark Man. Man. Yeah. And in this, they call him the Dark Man. <laughs> like this is the only time in two books you've ever called him that. Uh, probably still a kind of inconsistency if you changed it in the first book. So, yeah. Just interesting little notes. Uh, my last thing in the argument was just that I think one of the main thing in my notes throughout this entire section that we're doing is time. I've been trying to keep track of time. And so the last thing it says is that the drawing of three begins on the same beach less than seven hours later. Mm-hmm. So we're seven hours away from him being like just sitting on the beach yes seven hours from the last book yes essentially and then we're into the prologue which is the sailor yes which is a dream it's crazy that is is no this is a nightmare (laughs) it is a nightmare this is not a dream he does uh Lots of things, bad things happen. Yes, a lot of bad things happen. But um, the first note I have is about Jake. Well, I think you're first then. Okay. Because the first thing I wrote down is, so pretty much the gunslinger wakes up from like a confused dream, as he said. He was dreaming about the sailor, and he was dreaming that he was drowning. And he literally says... It was a good dream. It was good because he was the one drowning and that Mm -hmm. he meant that it meant he was not Roland at all, but Jake. And he found this a relief because it would be a far better, it would be far better to drown as Jake than to live as himself. A man who had, for a cold dream, betrayed a child who had trusted him. Because that he did. Yes. That he definitely did. But yes, uh, so he... He dreams and then suddenly is woken up by water. Yeah, by water. But not because he was getting wet. Because he realized there was water because his guns were yes. going to get wet. And more important than his guns getting wet, his ammunition yes. getting wet. Which that plays a huge factor in the rest of this book. <laughs> uh, his poor, poor ammunition getting wet. Wet shells, like wet matches, might or might not ever be usable again. Yes. I love how they just caught the horror was a crawling thing. Not sure where to put that. But yeah, my next one, my next note is just did a chick. Yeah. Dama chum, dada cham, dada chick. Yeah. The the first the note I wrote was this the description of the labtrosity. And it's language, because it's language carries on throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the series. because yeah, we, like, we stick around on this beach for a while. Well, it's not, it's like, it's not even that. Like, you just, it, it gets played out over and over. Like, even when there's no lobtrocities around, it's just something that comes up in Roland's head a lot. And it's just like, well, there's a, that's there's... a noise you don't forget. <sighs> this is, a lot of things happen in this. <laughs> Poor Roland. Yeah. So pretty much a, lobst- a lobstrosity is a weird form of mutated... He The only animal he could describe it as is a lobster of some sort. Yes. Uh, apparently a very large lobster large, of some sort. Large, hard shell, has the little eye on mm-hmm. Has... Apparently deceptively fast. Yeah, apparently deceptively fast and it's distracted by water. Yes, it's very angry about the waves. Yeah. It's very angry. So every time the every time pretty much the waves come in, it stops and is just like Yeah, puts its arms off uh, as he describes like a boxer. Yeah. Just ready to fight the water. The honor stance. Oh, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you, I'm gonna get you. Oh it's gone. Okay. So it's right. like it, it, it's pretty much a scene from Street Fighter every time <laughs> the water comes just like I'm ready, I'm ready for you. Oh it's gone away. Back to the guy. I'm gonna go eat him now. Hey, those waves are the only thing saved. Yeah, well, yeah, but still. So, 
And to make matters worse, not only does he spot this loptrosity, not only does he start getting quicker to, to closer to me very quickly, he tries to get up, and is, for whatever reason, his legs are numb. However he decides to sit down or whatever, his legs have gone to sleep. That is the one thing that did confuse me, because it's like, okay, this has only been seven hours. It sounds like he's laying out flat, so... Unless he was just so exhausted and it finally caught up to him his entire trip through the mountains to where his legs are just done for from laying there for so long. Why would your legs be that bad off? I don't know. I don't have that answer. It's like they needed a reason for Roland not to be able to fight back very easily or run away from the stake. Then again, we do realize that he just... He literally just, what, aged 10 years overnight? Yeah, but he, he seemed to walk over here pretty fine. I don't know. There's not a lot of explanation other than his legs are numb. Yeah. He tried to get up, but his legs, too numb to feel, buckled under him. Yeah, and that just set the stage for everything else that could possibly go wrong. So he keeps trying to get away. He goes to the point of trying to just crawl away. And my next one is, again, this thing, Donna Chuck. Yeah. (laughs) This was much closer, and and his worry over the water he had forgotten to, the creature, I can't read now. (laughs) I'm worried about it anymore. Yeah. Well, pretty much, yeah. He, he He was so busy, like, pretty much crab crawling away from the water, he didn't realize he kind of crawled almost right towards this thing. Because his only thought originally was to get away from the water. Yeah. So it would quit washing up on him. So it quit maybe, hopefully, because the second wave only hit his boots. Yeah. He's like, oh, maybe the waves didn't get high enough to get my ammo. Maybe they're not wet. Maybe they're not wet. So he's trying to get further away. And before he knows this, these loptrocities are four feet away from him. Or this one loptrocity. Yep, it's it lifted its meaty, serrated body, making it momentarily resemble a scorpion, but Roland could see no stinger at the end of its body. Another grinding words which the creature immediately stopped and raised its claw. Yeah. <laughs> darn waves. So pretty much it's like he was worried once again because an even bigger wave was coming, and so he was focused on the wave and didn't realize the ninja lobster. <laughs> yeah, and then once again... My next one is, did a chick? <laughs> the monstrosity inquired in its plaintive, won't you help me? Can't you see I'm desperate voice? And Roland saw the stumps of his first and second fingers in his right hand disappear into the creature's jagged beak. It lunged again, and Roland lifted his dripping right hand just in time to save the remaining two fingers. dum a chum chack chum Check, Jim. 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 Well, he finally staggered to his feet. Oh, no, it's, it's time to definitely move. After. And this this is, like, devastating. This is devastating. A gunslinger. His the, the thing he's good at is shooting. He lost those two fingers. It was really important in shooting a gun. And the thing is, is that, and I took note of it, was in the first book, we... <laughs> There was at one point a time when he was rolling something between his fingers, and he it said, fingers that too soon would be gone. Oh, yeah. The, you they, guys now know what we were talking about. <laughs> Foreshadowed from a, so, the previous book. A lot of foreshadowing. And poor Roland's fingers. Yes. Not only is it his fingers, but next thing, it's his jeans, it's his boot, and a chunk of meat from Roland's lower calf. Yeah, followed very, very shortly by also his toe. Yep, it was right boot. Most of his great toe tore the boot itself from his foot. And then it was distracted enough to just sit there and numb on the boot for a while. Yeah, thank God. Because those were my notes. The first note was, goodbye fingers. Yep. second note was, goodbye toe. <laughs> my next note was... The saddest moment in Roland history. Well, besides Jake. The gunslinger it pretty much just said, He drew with his right hand and realized two of the fingers needed to perform this ancient killing operation were gone, only when the revolver thumped to the sand. 
And then a bit later it said, The gunslinger bent, picked up his revolver, dropped it, cursed, and finally managed. What had once been a thing so easy it didn't even bear thinking about had suddenly become a trick akin to juggling. Yes. It's poor right hand. I mean, he, he's he's trying to pick up his gun with his little claw hand now, and he just... Oh. Yeah, my very next one was, Roland drew with his left hand and pulled the trigger three times. Click, click, click. Now he knew about the shells in the chambers, at least. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely wet. <laughs> Uh, oh, poor Roland. Everything that could go wrong with this this creature has gone wrong for he him. He pretty much says it. He says, I see serious problems ahead, the gunslinger thought remotely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Serious, serious problems. So when the Lobtrocity got tired of eating the boot, he realized, wait, this guy's more tasty. I'm going to go back. <laughs> yeah, and my next one's on the next page. Uh, the gunslinger reached for the stone over which he had nearly fallen. It was large, half buried in the sand, and his mutilated right hand howled as its bits of dirt and sharp edges of pebble grounded into the open, bleeding flesh. But he yanked the rock free and raised it. His lips pulled away from his teeth. Dad it! And the monstrosity began, and its claws lowering and opening, opening as the wave broke. And its sound receded, and the gunslinger swept the rock down upon it with all his strength. <laughs> yeah. My my next note was pretty much the Lobstrosity death, and then the next page, which is the Revenge March, is what I called it. <laughs> so pretty much what he did is he bashed it in the head, and then stepped on its head, and then started just walking all over it, stomping. <laughs> Literally just what? marching all over its dead body. Yeah, he stomped and stomped and stomped until its guts were everywhere and he saw his fingers and its remains. Yeah, and then it made him throw up. Yeah. Which was enough. But yeah, it. he said, It was dead, but he meant to have his way with it all the same. He had never in all his long, strange time been so fundamentally hurt. And it had all been so unexpected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not I mean, really, because Stephen King foreshadowed. <laughs> <laughs> we knew about it so long ago. Oh, poor Roland. I mean, you think about it. He's made it to this point with what? A couple beatings? Yeah. But not the, he lost his fingers, his toe. He's been sliced open multiple times. He is doing terrible at the moment. Um, the last note I have for this was just excellent ending. I just like how he's just sitting there thinking of all these things. I don't know. Did you have anything else on the end? No. No. The last thing I was going to say, I just thought his... It said, Wondering if the thing had some poison in its bite, which might already be working its way into him. Wondering if morning would ever come. Yeah, that's, once again, I just love how he ends things. See, he's really good at ending chapters, but not books. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have reached well, the this first is the section. best thing we got on the Lobstrosity. Oh. This... Why does it just feel so much bigger in the... In the book, I, I feel like it's like five, six feet tall, and it's coming at it. I thought it actually, it did actually say how big it was. Did it? Yeah, it was, um, it, it, it's, it was about four feet long. That's, I mean. Uh, that looks more like three, but yeah. it's an abstract art. Whatever. Well, we get into The Prisoner. Section one. And mine has a pretty little picture. Mine doesn't. That, sh that shows a needle. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> mine is the older book. Yeah, there's a little paperback. Mine's a big paperback. Well, mine smells better. So. I don't care. Well, I'm not going around sniffing books. I do. So, chapter one, The Door. I think mine's not even until the next page. I didn't even write anything on the first page. Um... Neither did I. So pretty much the chapter just opens up with him, the prophecy again. The tarot cards. The Yes. The wonderful tarot card. The prisoner. 
And then... The name of the demon is Heroin. So my first note pretty much was realizing how badly his limbs were just burning. And he's just like, go away. He told the absent parts of his body, you are ghosts now. Go away. Yeah, that was my next note. Was the, <laughs> his little, his ghost fingers. Like he wanted to do things that they can't because they don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it helped a little. Not much, but a little. They were ghosts, all right, but lively ghosts. The gunslinger ate jerky. His mouth wanted it a little. His stomach less. But he insisted when it was inside of him, he felt a little stronger. There was not much left, though he was nearly up against it. it you read it right? Yeah, just down it's the a phrase. Um, that was just him. My next note was about him seeing the sea. Yeah, that was mine, <laughs> mine as well. Him seeing the ocean for the first time. Yeah. He, it was something he had only heard in stories. It was impossible to turn for a long Yep. He had never seen such a body of water. He had heard of it in children's stories, of course. Had even been assured by his teacher, some, at least, that it exists. But to actually see it, this immensely, this amazement of water after years of arid land, was difficult to accept. Difficult to even see. See, this is—it's it's still a possibility to not have seen the ocean before. It really is. Well, in his world, <laughs> where he can't get around a whole lot. And... Well, I mean, uh, I've talked to people here who have said they have never, like, they've never left this state ever. So I assume there's people up north yeah. who have had the same fate, and it's like never seeing the ocean. I mean, if you really think about it, there's so much of this world we haven't even come close to seeing. Yeah. So pretty much what happened was Roland passed out, pretty much. Woke up. He is no, like, he can't find, see the lobstrosities anywhere. He can't even see the one that he killed. Yeah. It's gone. So it's like, he, he doesn't see any of them. He wonders, are they nocturnal? Then it's pretty much just pain. He doesn't care anymore. <laughs> and the next thing I have is his his not really a list, uh, but he goes through a sort of checklist of things to do because he has all these things. It is morning, and there are things to be done. So the first thing he does is he checks to see if the jawbone is still in his pocket. It is. But it's just one of the strangest things that that's the first on your list. <laughs> the fancy jawbone. I had me write the jawbone down. I don't know. I don't know where you are exactly. Um, it, it's the next page. Well, I guess for me, it's there's the ending of the ocean thing. No. Uh. So mine is it, literally the next paragraph. He felt for the jawbone in yeah. his back pocket, careful to lead with the palm of his right hand, not wanting the stubs of his fingers to encounter it if it was still there. Changing that hand's ceaseless sobbing to screams. It was. All right. Next. And then to the guns. Yep. He's got to clean the guns. And he starts trying to separate the ammo from what he believes is good to what he knows is bad. Um, before that, though, what I thought was funny is pretty much the last paragraph of that page where he talks about his hand. He keeps wanting to do things with his hand and then has to return it to his leg. And then keeps reaching and pretty much has to return it. And it says that he he found himself returning it to his knee again and again, like a dog too stupid or fractious to heal. In his distracted pain, he came close to swatting it once or twice. <laughs> and then I see serious problems ahead, yes. he thought again. That's what my other note keeps. I mean, there's going to be serious problems here. When you are right-handed, and your right-handed, your right hand is pretty much useless at this point. Things become difficult, really, really difficult. Mine is two pages away. So yeah, mine's that was mine's three pages away. Mine was just elephants. That means I'm familiar. Uh, it's uh, pretty much 
Either the creature which had attacked him or any of the others could have torn his... Uh, or the other open with one casual bite or slice of claw, but none had, and the tide had spared it. So he's talking about his water skin. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then magically says, his water skin didn't take any damage. Of the creature itself, there was no sign, although the two of them had finished far above the tide line. Perhaps other predators had taken it. Perhaps its own kind had given it a burial at sea, as the elephants, giant creatures of whom he had heard in childhood stories, were reputed to bury their own dead. Oh, okay, I do remember that. I just forgot it was that. But yes, elephants. Elephants. Well, you've never seen those either. They may not <laughs> even exist at this time. I I could see that be, those being gone at this point. Um. All I did was note uh, the fact that he had seen a tree and it looked it was only 20 yards away but to him it looked like 20 miles yeah because he was uh he was uh, doing, doing rough at that point really really rough because what is it he woke up dark there was a faint sky blah 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 where is it I stopped already could see the faint beginnings near red lines which would lead eventually to the heart and kill him yeah essentially his uh, hand is infected yeah forget exactly which little Part they actually said that. Well, it just it pretty much just said looking for the telltale telltale red lines of infection, and then a couple lines later it says the palm of his hand was a dull red, not a good sign. Yep. And then the line right after that's hilarious. What? I need medicine. What? I don't know where you are. You said the line. I don't know where you are. Cause I just read that part. Oh no, I just read this part. I don't know where. Again, I don't know where. I could have swore you just read that. I was reading down here. But pretty much, uh, we find out that uh, Roland's a lefty. What? Oh, you know I completely skipped that. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, he he pretty much found a silver lining to his right hand being messed up. So. It was his small thought of happiness. Oh, well, good for him, I guess. Yeah. But, um... And he slept for the next 16 hours. Yep, I wrote that down. He needed it. Yeah, but he's doing terrible. Yes. Uh, which then leads into the lines going up his hand, showing that it is definitely infected. And yes. if this continues, it will go to his heart and kill him. And he, of course, is talking to the voices in his head. Like it says, uh, pretty much, um, when this, pretty much the next day or the next time he woke up, he, uh, decided to just sit up a bit, try to get his grounds, and he realizes, I need medicine. But inside his head, the little man in black decides to talk to him, and it's just like, how remarkable you are, gunslinger, the man in black tittered inside his head. How indomitable, how romantic in your stupid obsessions. Yeah. And Roland's not having any of it. No. <laughs> F you, he croaked. <laughs> and drank. And drank. Not probably what he needed to drink in that moment. But, yeah. yeah, my next little note's on the next page. Um, mine was just the, uh, him looking at the ocean and saying, and saying a lot of good that does him. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible thing about the ocean. <laughs> so much water, but you you can't you can't drink that water. It, no. It'll, it'll make you go mad and kill you. You could boil it, but that, that's, it's still not going to do anything. Mm. And my next thing was, he thought, very well, I am now a man with no food, with two less fingers and one less toe than I was born with. I am a gunslinger with shells which may not fire. I am sickened from a monster's bite and have no medicine. I have a day's water if I'm lucky. I may be able to perhaps... I may walk perhaps a dozen miles if I press myself to the last extremity. I am, in short, a man on the edge of everything. Indeed. Oh, no. he He's doing worse off than he has ever done anything ever, period. And it kind of makes you think, like... While he's going through this, you ever think he's he just has it kind of in his head like maybe this is what I deserve? 
Like I'm sure. <laughs> and then, of course, he's thinking, which way should I walk, north or south? And just something tells him north, and so he goes. Yep. So he starts heading north. What a what and not not a fun walk this is. No. <laughs> he walked for three hours, and he felt like he got about four miles in those three hours. It's not terrible. <laughs> it's not good, but <laughs> not terrible. Let's next one. Mine was just uh, fever, gunslinger, the man in black tittered. What's left inside you has been touched afire. Oh, it has. God, he's doing bad. Yeah. Poor, poor Roland. He's just. This is not a good chapter for him. From the inside out, no. <laughs> um, once again, I've been just keeping try time, so it is now shortly before noon. That was my, that was my exact next note. Oh, okay. <laughs> shortly before noon, he fell again. And oh, okay. Oh well. Mine was just like uh, the only way he knew it was shortly before noon was that he. Um, It said, uh... Never mind. I don't know what I was... I don't know either. I think it was earlier. I, I, I don't know. At one point in time... I don't know why I didn't write it down. At one point in time, he says that... By the placement of the sun, or how hot it was, or something, he said it wasn't quite noon, but it would be coming soon. Okay, do you remember something like that? Yeah, I just yeah. don't want... I don't know where that is, but I mean, this yeah. is like right after your fever gun yeah, slam and black tittered. So, yeah. Shortly before noon, he fell again. And knew he could not get up. This was the place then. Here, this was the end, after all. Given up. I'm done. I'm dying. It's over. Why do I feel like this happened in the first book, too? I mean, he fell. Because well, it was yeah. the desert right before he met Jake. But at one point in time, he stops and goes, no, 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 never mind. It was with Jake. It was uh, when he almost falls, or he's being pulled off the cart, and he said, is this the, is this the time? Is this the moment where I let him go? But, yeah. yeah. And then he sees something. Yep, and I think that's my next one, too. Less than a quarter mile. Well, that may be a little further. Uh, brings up Isaac again. But. Yeah, my, I wrote that tune. It says, Roland imagined he was in the desert again, somewhere between the last outlander's hut and the way station where the boy, your Isaac, had awaited his coming. He could make it out now. Fever or no fever, it was a door. Less than a quarter of a mile from it. Roland's knees buckled again, and this time he could not stiffen their hinges. He fell. His right hand dragged across the gritty sand and shells. The stumps of his fingers screamed as flesh scrapped were scored away. The scraps were scored away. The stumps began to bleed again. Just every chance they get, they just ah. He is very determined, though. He was oh, like, no, once he's seen this door, yeah. he becomes uber determined that he's going to reach so it. So he crawled, crawled with the steady rush, roar, and retreat of the western sea in his ears. He used his elbows and his knees, digging grooves in the sand above the twist of dirty green kelp, which marked the high tide line. The door grew closer and closer. He was getting there. And three o'clock. So we went from noon to three o'clock. Oh yeah. At last, around three o'clock of that long, delirious day, with his shadow beginning to grow long on his left, he reached it. He sat back on a hunched and guarded it wearily. It stood six and a half feet high and appeared to be made of solid ironwood. Although the nearest ironwood tree must grow 700 miles or more from here, the doorknob looked as if it were made of gold, and it was filigreed with a design which the gunsinger f finally recognized. It was the grinning face of a baboon. Yay! We found our first door. The long-awaited first door. 
The door had hinges, but they were fastened to nothing. This is a mystery, a most marvelous mystery, but does it really matter? You're dying. Your own mystery, the only one that really matters to any man or woman in the end, approaches. Yep, written upon in a black letters, two-thirds of the way up, written in the high speech, or two words, the prisoner. Ah. Interesting, they'd be written in the high speech. Well, I mean, it's on his side. Yeah, but still, interesting, the high speech is what it chosen, unless it, it's there for him specifically. Well, as I said, it's on his side of the door. So? It's high speech world. isn't known everywhere. There's so many different languages. It seemed like a lot of people knew the high speech. Just no one spoke it anymore. And plus, you, you usually only use it when you got super pissed. <laughs> but um, what I thought was interesting was the low droning noise. At first, he thought it must be the wind or a sound in his own feverish head, but he became more and more convinced that the sound was the sound of motors and that it was coming from behind the door. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Open it, then. It's not locked. You know it's not locked. I, I realize that in, especially throughout this book, but this first chapter, is there's a lot of dialogue with Roland and himself. Like, just something in his head just keeps, like, pushing thoughts forward to him. So I, I just always found it interesting that, you know, he, he's following these thoughts. And another one, or the first thing he notices, though, is that before he even tries to open it, he wants to see what's on the other side. Of course he does. He <laughs> wants to see what's over there. Gets to, gets to going around it, and the door disappears. Yes. <laughs> and he thinks... Is it just invisible? Or is it actually gone? Says, if I feel it, I'll knock on nothing. Yeah. If I feel it, I'll knock on nothing, the gunslinger thought. That would be an interesting thing to do before dying. See, once again, that inner dialogue that he has going on with himself. Uh, his hand encountered thin air far past the place where the door, even if invisible, should have been. There's nothing to knock on. Very interesting door. That it's not there at all in one direction, but completely fine in there in the other. And then he kind of goes towards the side, and first he sees nothing. Then he actually sees the full edge of the door, key like keyhole and all. Or, uh, what is it? I forgot what it's called. Lock hinge? Lock something or there. Yeah, something. Oh, the key plate, duh. He could see the key plate, but then if he turned again... The entire thing disappeared. It's a very interesting door. It's not there by itself. It's only there if you're looking from the right direction. And the funny thing is, is he's standing in front of this door and he's still thinking, well, I, if I go on the other side, I'm sure I'll see the, the hinges too just there and nothing. And then it would be gone. And he's like, he, he pretty much tells himself, like, you're wasting your time. Like yes, he, he really <laughs> is. And then he's like, I wonder if I could go through it from the nothing side. And then, oh, there were all sorts of things to wonder about. But the truth was simple. Here stood the store, alone on an endless stretch of beach. And it was for only one of two things. Opening or leaving closed. Yeah, that's all you can really do with a door. (laughs) But at the same time, it just for as much pain as he was in, he still felt fear. Yeah. yeah. My very next one is I'm opening the door. So, open the door. He turned the knob. The door opened towards him when he pulled. Of all things he might have expected, this was not any of them. The gunslinger looked, froze, uttered the first scream of terror in his adult life, and slammed the door. There was nothing for it to bang shut on. But it banged shut just the same, sending seabirds screeching from the rocks they have perched on them. So pretty much, this dude gets his fingers bit off, his toe bit off, everything, and Meets the first the man time in black yeah. sees these like 
like zombie creatures in the dark under a mountain, loses Jake, kills a entire village, everything. Perfectly fine. And the first thing that ever makes him scream is what's behind the door. It makes you think, like, what, what, what in the, what in the heavens could possibly be behind that door? And this is where we end for the day. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. Chapter complete. Uh, we're close, but we're not quite there. That would have been a great. Very close. That would have been a great way to end a chapter. Though. That would be a good way to end a chapter. <laughs> they go a little further than they actually had to. That would yeah. have been good to end. Especially if. Like, I, I could just imagine if they were to do a TV series. Oh, it, it let that in the big yes. cliffhanger? Yes. Hey, it would be awesome. <laughs> mm. So, yes. Uh, the next thing I have is just court. Mm-hmm. You can read it. Well, pretty much, he. Oh, so he's figuring out what he saw. He saw clouds, he saw sky, things were moving, he didn't, he felt like he was just going to fall through if he were to walk through the door. Yes, because all he saw was clouds and sky. And his, something inside him said, no, you saw more. And he considered it as he sat stupidly on the sand in front of the closed door. And then it's, it says, it was the voice of court in his head. Listen to me, maggots. Listen for your lives, for that's what it could mean someday. You never see all that you see. One of the things they send you to me for is to show you what you don't see in what you see. What you don't see when you're scared, or fighting, or running, or fucking. No man sees all that he sees. But before your gunslingers, those of you who don't go west, that is, You'll see more in one single glance than some men see in a lifetime. And some of what you don't see in that glance, you'll see afterwards, in the eye of your memory. If you live long enough to remember, that is. Because the difference between seeing and not seeing can be the difference between living and dying. Yep. So, go back to your memory (laughs) and think. What did you actually see? Uh, uh, what little remained of your attention, the voice court remembered, you saw more. Yes, he had seen white, white edges. Bravo, Roland, court cried in his mind, and Roland seemed to feel the swat of that hard, colossed hand. He winced. He had been looking through a window. Reach, uh, yep. The gunslinger stood with an effort, reached forward, felt cold and burning lines of thin heat against his palms. He opened the door again. So, that seeing those white edges gave him enough courage to be like, okay, I got this. Maybe it wasn't just the sky. Maybe <laughs> I'm not going to fall and just go to the sky and die. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so... He opens the door again and calmly assesses the situation this time around. Well, he he sees very different things this time. Yeah. My next, pretty much my next note was suddenly he thought of the things Jake had said when at the way station the gunslinger had hypnotized him. So he's he's starting to pick out things that Jake had kind of mentioned when he described the city. This is that other world, the gunslinger thought. Suddenly, the view did not change. It moved. The gunslinger wavered on his feet, feeling vertigo and a touch of nausea. The words in the pictures descended, and now he saw aisles with double row of seats on the far side. So, yes. At some point, I think they, they may have explained, but Roland is in an airplane. Uh, he, he, I don't really think it says it in this one. I mean, we can tell because we can... Yeah, everything he's saying. Yes. Roland is in an airplane. Yeah. But um, what he does note is that a lot of people are reading... Re- they have paper. They're either reading something made of paper or they're writing on paper. And he is just horrified when he sees... A man write only on a part of a paper, rip it up, crumple it, and just throw it. He's just he's like, terrified. Who? We don't. We don't do it's, this. This it's, is precious. It's precious. It says 
it's equal to gold in his world. Yes. So doing that is crazy. But I think my favorite part of this was that it said, Some read papers covered with tiny words, words broken here and there with pictures, while others wrote on papers with pens of a sort that Gunslinger had never seen. Uh, nope, that wasn't it. The thing I like. Oh, no, it was, uh, there it is. It was the, were you talking about the gun? Was yours about the gun? Not being armed? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my, that was that was the one I was looking for, because it was my favorite line of pretty much this entire chapter, was what kind of trusting sheep? Mm-hmm. And so far as he could tell, none of them were armed. He saw no dagger, nor sword, let alone a gun. What kind of trusting sheep were these? Uh, How dare you not be armed? We're going to have that framed in a quote. And, <laughs> or that quote framed and just put up. What kind of trusting sheep are these? Yeah, that was one of my, yeah. <laughs> and my last one's like at the very end. Yeah, my last one I literally is page 41, last page, last line, everything. So yes. He sees he's in something. The sky's out the window. He doesn't know what's going on. A woman approaches him in a suit, which he gives an extremely interesting description <laughs> of said suit. It was bright red, and part of it was pants. He could see the place where her legs became her crotch. This was nothing he had ever seen on a woman who was not undressed. Like, like what? What, is she wearing pants? Does she not know. wear pants? Is, in your world, does women not wear pants? I, I don't know. Like, what an interesting description of this woman. But it just said, she, she looked at him with the practice solicitude of a woman who is at once a servant and no one's mistress but her own. But pretty much, he was shocked because... For someone who has just walked walked up to him, she he's, she's not really like looking at him all at surprise. He, he notes his how he looks, and like there's no way she wouldn't be looking at me like this. She looked at me so normally. Why is she not scared? Why is she not reacting to how I look? Not only that, but she's walking towards him almost to the point where she like is a, looks like she's about to walk through, and he kind of takes a step back, almost mm -hmm. trips. Would you like the woman in red asked? There was more, but the gunslinger didn't understand exactly what it meant. Food or drink, he thought? That red cloth. It was not cotton. Silk. It looked a little like silk, but gin, a voice answered. And the gunslinger understood that suddenly he understood much more. It wasn't a door. It was eyes. Insane as it might seem, he was looking at part of a carriage that flew through the sky, he was looking through someone's eyes. Whose? But he knew. He was looking through the eyes of the prisoner. Yay! So we have met our first tarot card. Yep. The end of the chapter. The name of the next chapter, Yay! chapter two, is Eddie Dean. Good old Eddie. Good old Eddie. Ugh, I'm excited for this. This book. is this is where things start getting interesting. Yes. Like really, really interesting. We're finally getting to meet some other people, other characters in this story. Thank God. Eddie. As much as I love Roland, and yes. Eddie's not even my favorite. I know. But I like so Eddie. I like his his personality. He's definitely a type of person, and he's really very contrast to to, to Roland. He's very. I just. I'm. I guess I'm excited because. Of just everything that follows in this book. Just excited because it is the drawing of the three. Ah, oh, it's so good. And it's like, they all have really good qualities. They all have their kind of eh moments. But it's like, just everything. Just... Yay. Now for once, this will be our shortest episode. But it's only because the chapter is really yeah. short. Um, we did... Like, once again, like, we didn't really know how to section this one out because some chapters were really short, some chapters were long, 
So we, of course, threw the argument, the prologue in chapter one together. I think we're doing two by itself, right? Yeah, we read pretty much the first 30 pages with yeah. the prologue and stuff. So and next, we'll just go chapter by chapter. Some of them are small, so we'll have a few weeks. Like this one's only about an hour long, and the next one will be about the same. And they'll get a little bit longer and longer as we go. Yeah. But it'll be all right. We'll get through this book eventually. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to suck stopping at some point. Like this. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> Let me back into that world for a minute. No, if you think about it, it's like... Oh, it, it's kind of like having to wait for a new episode. Mm-hmm. Each know. week, wait for that new episode, a new thing to happen. Especially some of these chapters end on cliffhangers. Like, as I said, that would have been a great cliffhanger. It would have been a perfect ending to a chapter. But they went just a, a yeah. few pages further. Well, Get you yeah. a little more intrigued. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it, it legitimately isn't a cliffhanger. I mean, you can yeah. just go it's as not much like as that you was, want. It's not like that was the end of the book. Like, exactly. That was the end of the first book. So, that would have been a crazy way to end. Very interesting. Very good. Mm, poor Roland's been... He's dying he's, at this point. He's yeah, literally he's, dying at yes, this point. He's, he has watched the red line spread from his hand to his wrist to his elbow, and he knows it's going to keep going. He's like, eventually it will hit my heart and kill me. So he's doing bad. But there's a lot of fun, interesting things in, in the coming chapters. I can't wait to get to those. Yes. But that'll be next week, Chapter 2, Eddie Dean. And uh, I think that's really it. That's all we're really going to go over. As always, you can reach me at BJJ Gamer, reach Amanda at KZ Pup, reach the show at Beyond Our Focus on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And then, of course, on a lot of podcast services, you also listen to this as a podcast. Stitcher, Spotify, there's others. I should memorize them. At least a little <laughs> bit more than just those two that I always say. If you're listening to this on a podcast, you can also watch this, watch us, which there's not really a lot of point to, on YouTube. <laughs> We're very emotive. We do... It's a little visual element. Very little. It's just mostly flailing, staring at each other weird. I think... Like, air quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> yeah, it was like, a lot of air quotes. Um, I think... At some point in time, there's me telling you to get out and just pointing that no, way. No, so Pointing off screen. Very little visual effects, but it's still fun if you want to watch it on YouTube. We're there. It's fun. I believe that's it. Unless yes. there's anything else. Nope. I think we're good. All like, right. comment, subscribe. Let us know what you think. Let it's, us know if you're reading along. Exactly. And try to catch some of our other shows on the channel. Breaking Prisms, Would You If, and our fun ranting one, What's in the Box. What's so. in the box? But I believe that is it. So, till next time, long days and pleasant nights.